This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the Word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This Word will bless you right now. I'm now in a sermon series called Living a Clean Life. Everybody say living a clean life. I began to teach leadership just a few Sundays ago how Jesus invited his disciples on the boat to go to the other side. And they got into the boat and they were surprised that the invitation to go to the other side came with a requirement to grow. They were shocked when the storm of life came and Jesus required of them to have faith while they were going to the other side. They were frantic. They were calling on his name. They began to ask a question to Jesus and said, Jesus, you don't care who, who we are and what we're going through. You don't care about us. He rose up, rebuked the wind and the sea. It's calm. But after he rebuked the wind and the sea, he turned around and rebuked his disciples. Because he understands there's no way we can get to the other side until we're ready to stand on the word. There's no way, and if we're not careful, we'll try to preach success to you as a believer without the requirement for you to grow. God has really challenged me as a pastor and a preacher in this day and time. He says, Pastor, I got to get you to keep preaching this strong truth because if not, you're going to have Christian believers who gather on Sunday mornings and all they're going to be is a crowd. He said, you better be careful, Pastor. This is what he told me. He said, if you don't be careful and teach it like I tell you to teach it, slow it down. Like You're going to end up gathering a crowd because people will come to be inspired. But will you come to be changed? Will you come to be challenged? It's a different mentality when you allow a person to challenge you in your way of thinking and your way of life. And Jesus challenged his disciples after putting them on the boat, seeing that they were not ready to go to the other side. Now, he called them to go to the other side, but they were not ready. He turned around and rebuked them. And immediately the story progresses that when they get to the other side, I want you to notice he begins to deal with an unclean spirit. This is how I get the sermon series, um, Living a Clean Life. Because there are some things we got to face to get over to the other side. There are some things we got to deal with to get over to the other side. And so God has reminded me how important it is as a preacher to preach sound doctrine. God said, I don't need another preacher who got a fancy suit, but who can't stand on the word. I don't need another preacher who can preach well, gifted well, stir the crowd. But when he leaves the pulpit, he is not gifted to live what he just preached. He says, I don't need another gifted person. He said, I need a person who can stand for me because we're not careful. We'll preach in a way that you will walk out here and you will prosper naturally, but still be dying spiritually. The Bible declares, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? So true enough, in this modern day Christian environment, many of us have moved up into the higher echelons of life. We drive well, we live well many of made good income I don't come in here to say that I'm broke busted and disgusted but having money ain't gonna get you into heaven 
y'all ain't saying nothing I said heaven we're not careful we'll teach you how to be wealthy naturally but your spirit will be malnourished broke and you will not be a candidate to be what God wants you to be and so God said don't preach that they gain the whole world and lose your soul you're gonna have to fight for your soul in this end times don't you understand all the warfare that's going on you're gonna have to be equipped to fight for your soul yeah, yeah fight for your soul and so God reminded me of the task of what it is to be a preacher it's not all about inspiration sometimes it's about instruction today my assignment is for godly instruction and doctrine on how to live a clean life my sub theme today is support for believers struggling with sin support I want to use support because I want to teach and train but we got to give some support for believers who are struggling with sin I want to go to Mark the first chapter It's going to be my beginning of scriptures that I'm going to share today I also said in a previous Sunday when I did preach and teach that is important when we start dealing with this aspect of change righteousness and holiness that we utilize the Word of God because if not we get caught up in legalism we get caught up in ideas and how we were raised come on because some of us was raised that you couldn't wear pants at all all right because pants mean that you were unholy and then you had somebody with a long skirt in a mean spirit so we learned that righteous holiness is not in a skirt but do God does care about our dress right because some went to the extreme when we got hurt by the person with the long dress in the mean spirit when we got hurt and bruised by them we went to the other side of the continuum and we just dress and wear anything without any type of discernment right mm -hmm. So God has been trying to help us in this journey and God wants me to preach this message. I got some scripture today. You're going to have to hold on, but God's going to bless us real good. Mark the first chapter, verse 21 to 28. Now I'll start reading at verse 21. And it says, and they went into Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day, he being Jesus entered into the synagogue and taught. So Jesus in the synagogue taught his teaching and there and they were astonished at his doctrine for he taught as them as one that had authority not as a scribe so a scribe had a way of teaching that they were just mimicking what was written but Jesus seemed to have a relationship with what was written that he had power with what was written and he spoke about the word of God with authority and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out one of the things we have to understand even as it says in the text there are people who show up to church but still got problems there are people who show up to church but the devil still riding their back we would think that people with unclean spirits or people dealing with some things in their life will never come to church. But the truth of the matter, people who come to church have a devil chasing them too. Well, I don't want you to think that the devil only messes with people who never come to church. But the devil is still after some of y'all who still come to church. Never want you to get where you gotta go. Never want you to be who you're called to be. And there's an enemy that Jesus has to defeat. And this enemy shows up as an unclean spirit in this man. I want to remind you as I'm talking about Jesus, I want to remind you all why Jesus came. 
First of all, I want you to understand that Jesus came for sin. So we don't have to act like nobody in here has ever dealt with sin. Because if you ain't never dealt with sin, guess what? You're not saved. Because the only way you can be saved, you have to be saved from sin. So no one can act like you've never been, because if, if you act like you've never dealt with sin, then you are not saved. You have to confess that you are a sinner just to enter in this kingdom. You have to confess that you've done wrong just to enter in this kingdom. No one who says they are not a sinner is able to enter in the kingdom of God. Jesus came for the purpose of sin. Another verse says that Jesus didn't come for those who are well, but those who are sick. He says, I come for those who are sick. In other words, he comes for the problems. He comes for those with challenges. He comes with those who needing a remedy to what's happening in life. He also says, I come to bring light to a dark world. He said, I come to destroy the works and the, the works of the devil and his works. So I want to remind you why Jesus came, all right? We know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I cannot remind you why Jesus came. Jesus came for our struggle. Jesus came for our issues and Jesus has come to this synagogue and marked the first chapter and he has noticed that there's a man with they say unclean spirit and notice what happens when the unclean spirit gets in authority the unclean spirit cries out saying let us alone I'm gonna talk about that us I may talk about it before I thought I was gonna talk about it let us alone what we have to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, thou art the Holy One of God. So the unclean spirit recognizes the authority in the room. He recognizes Jesus is in the room. He recognizes the Holy One of God is in the room. And notice, the, the, I got to say it now, it says, let us alone. Normally, with an unclean spirit has a person, all right? An unclean spirit could be a demonic possession or even demonic oppression. It may not possess you, but it may oppress you. Oppression happens when you get visitations. It don't stay on you all the day. It don't lead your whole life. You're able to function. You're able to go to work. But you can't stop certain things because this unclean spirit has oppressed you. So this unclean spirit is within this man and it say let us alone. I want to talk about let us alone for a minute. I thought I was going to get to it later. But many times in order to stay in something, there are other unclean spirits have to join forces with you. And join forces with that unclean spirit. And most of the time it's things like shame. Most of the things is things like pride. It's most things like arrogance and rebellion. These are some of the main culprit spirits that join in so a person can stay stuck. Because as long as you rebellious, God can't ever get you right. As long as you're full of arrogance and pride, you will never admit that you're wrong. Even though everybody knows you're wrong, even though you got manifestations in your life that demonstrates you're wrong you'll never admit that you're wrong because of pride so when they say let us alone normally for an unclean spirit to stay in a person these other personality spirits have to come along and join forces to keep you there because when you want to get delivered it says no you're going to be embarrassed no you're going to be shamed no don't do this or don't act like you, you ain't the only one in sin I ain't going to have nobody acting like I'm not see these are all these uh, detour spirits that hinder that main spirit from being broken down time Jesus confronts this unclean spirit they cry out leave us alone 
it shows you that unclean spirits are rebellious they'll never obey God they don't want to submit to God's authority they don't want to change its ways its thoughts and its conduct and its behavior it said let us alone we know who you are you're Jesus 25 and Jesus rebuked him the spirit the unclean spirit saying hold thy peace in other words be quiet because the spirit just starts speaking out talking come out of him and the, when the unclean spirit had torn him I want you to understand what this means it means the spirit just didn't want to leave when it means torrent, it was trying to hold on. It was a wrestle. Let me tell you something about getting your life clean with God. There are unclean spirits that are stubborn. They don't want you to change. They want you to keep that same mindset about your sin, about your habits, and it will hold on. That's why I preached a few weeks ago. You have no business walking around trying to get a trophy for being stubborn like your granddaddy and stubborn like your grandmama and talking about all oh, the Davis is stubborn. It's just a this how we are this how we are ain't nobody can change our mind the devil is a lie you don't want to walk around your whole life talking about I'm stubborn like my auntie I'm stubborn like a stubbornness is as witchcraft we walk around claiming something like it's a trophy or something talk about I'm stubborn just like my daddy my dad is stubborn shoot my granddad is stubborn too well when are you gonna break the cycle and recognize stubbornness is not a fruit of the spirit the spirit in him torn it means it was rustling Jesus was saying come out and the spirit was saying no 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 because as long as I can stay here I can take over his life I can ruin his destiny I can keep him off track as long as I'm in here and the spirit the, the, the unclean spirit was struggling to stay in authority and when it cried with a loud voice he came out manifestation came out many times when things come out of you there will be a manifestation sometimes it'll be a manifestation of pain because sometimes unclean spirits enter in through trauma and through tragedy sometimes it affects your mind through situation when somebody went across the line I want to be and you had done something to you that they shouldn't have done and an unclean spirit will come in you and start tormenting you come on somebody that's why you think certain people can't get their sexuality right it's sometimes somebody touched them before time somebody touched them without proper authority somebody touched them without permission y'all gotta understand what I'm saying and an unclean spirit will come in that person that now that they grown they can't keep themselves together because something happened that they lost control early on and now that unclean spirit is in their life trying to ruin their life so many times there's a manifestation to get that thing out of you sometimes you're gonna have to let go and cry and admit that you're in pain and admit that something is going on here's a man he has a manifestation and that spirit comes out of him and they were all amazed look everybody was amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves saying what thing is this what new doctrine is this for what authority commanded that even unclean spirits uh, commanded he even unclean, the unclean spirits and they do obey him. Let me tell you something. We got to make deliverance a norm again. It should be a strange thing. These people was like we're not used to people who've been stuck in stuff ever getting out of stuff. We're not used to people who had to deal with all kind of bunches getting out of stuff. But can I give you good news? Jesus come to bring you out of whatever you was in. Jesus come to help 
help you recover whatever's trying to take over your life. I've got good news. Deliverance is available. They're like, what kind of new doctrine is this? We're used to people suffering till they die. We're used to people being in this situation until they die. But Jesus said, I got authority or everything that's not righteous in your life. I got authority over it. We ain't got to be stuck all our lives. Come on, come on. You ain't got to be stuck all your life as a Christian. Come on, somebody. It ain't no making no sense talking about you saving. Nothing ever stopped in your life. Come on now. Something got to end in your life. Come on. You can't just somehow you was doing everything before you got saved. And now you know Jesus, but nothing is different in your life since you saved, unsaved. No, there got to be a change. Somewhere light got to invade darkness and affect your behavior and your character they were not used to deliverance but the church got to get used to deliverance this is what God told me to preach he said the church got to get used to deliverance we got to get used to people changing and we got to also lift up the expectation I want to say this say I expect you to change come on put some righteous pressure on each I expect you to be better I expect you to grow come on prayer after prayer Bible study after Bible study come on everything may not happen overnight but eventually continually God should be helping us be who he called us to be and this is what God is calling for to help support so I want you to first know that Jesus comes for it there's no excuse to keep struggling all your life Jesus comes for the sin he comes to help you where you're weak come on and he comes for it he came for sin he knew that sin would take advantage of us he knew sin would seduce us he knew that sin would keep us from the purposes of God and he came and with his blood paid the price for sin I want you to notice that this unclean spirit was inside this man I want you to notice in this story that this man was in the church say unclean spirits are in the church come on don't back away from the text the text say the man was in the synagogue that means even though he wasn't under what I call a New Testament believer he still was under Jewish law and Jewish moral ethics and conduct conduct he still understand the Old Testament and Word of God and so there's still an expectation for this man so he was in the church still dealing with an unclean spirit yeah but that spirit recognized Christ it manifested and God cast it I want you to understand this thing about unclean spirits. Unclean spirits are morally corrupt. They affect you in attitude and personality. They help speak to you and give you perverted thoughts and perverted thinking. Things that are not in contrary to the word of God. They are lustful. They are lewd. All right. These are thoughts. These are unclean spirits that come to give you thoughts. You know, many times we don't understand that if you're not careful, unclean spirits will start speaking to you. That's why you have to even help your children, parents, because sometimes these unclean spirits are known to visit children in their most vulnerable time. When is that? When they're asleep. That's why sometimes, parents, you got to understand that unclean spirits will come and try to invade your child and speak to them while they sleep. And what you know, and the first thing it tries to do is fill them with fear. Then after giving them fear, many times that unclean spirit will try to befriend them and let them know you can talk to me and if you're not careful your children be in the middle of the night talking to an unclean spirit talking to something that's trying to counsel them trying talking to something that's trying to shape their mind I'm trying
trying to get y'all most sensitive to unclean spirits. Come on, y'all. We are Christian, but we are spiritually low in our discernment. We are saved, but we are afraid of the enemy that Jesus came to defeat. There's no way you're going to have your family get whole if you don't learn spiritual warfare. There's no way that you're going to have victory over your mind if you don't learn spiritual warfare. Some way, as a preacher, if I really want you to have victory, I got to teach you spiritual warfare. You got to grow up in the spirit. You got to grow up in the things of God. Come on. Everything in the kingdom is not cute. Sometimes you got to get down to the ugly to get delivered. Sometimes you got to come on y'all somebody. I hear what I'm saying. And while you sitting there cute, the devil ransack your home. While you sitting there passive, the devil bring it on your children. And that's in your children getting oppressed. But y'all ain't saying nothing. He don't care about who you the deacon in the church. He don't care that you the evangelist. He'll come right up in your house. And if you don't know spiritual warfare, you don't know how to stand in the authority, work the word. You don't know how to work out the sin and love the sinner. See, I said something. I said work against the sin, but love the sinner. The sinner is the person. The person that God is, the devil is trying to use. You got to make sure that when you're dealing with habits and sins and stuff, that we don't mess around and attack the wrong person. The person we are after is the devil. Some of us are so unskillful, we end up beating down people versus beating down the devil. I'm telling you, God is trying to get us ready to go to the other side. And this church, one, God says, this church, this is how he talked to me. He says, I want this church just to be a gifted singing church, a writing music church, doing wonderful events church. And these people in here are not known for living righteous and known for living holy and have a reputation that they want to please Christ. And he says, Pastor, to me, this is how he talked to me. The only way you're going to get it is if you teach it to them. If they learn to become students of this word, they can be, come on y'all, I, I believe God's going to raise up some millionaires but how many going to be a millionaire and holy? I say God's going to raise some of y'all up to be blessed, but how many going to be blessed and righteous? Come on, we got enough people got money, but who got God? We got enough people with five, five houses, a mansion but who has the Lord? We're not careful. The church gonna become just like the world. All we care about is prosperity. And our life in God is more than prosperity. Our life in God is more than where we live. That's why the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Even if I don't have the best job, if I can live holy, I got something. Even if I don't have the best house, if I can live holy, I got something. Godliness with contentment. See, we don't let the world duke us out of the pride of pleasing God. We don't let the world duke us out. The world don't put us on a magazine. We don't start popping our collar. Got our swag on. And we don't care nothing about living holy anymore. And the devil has duped us and seduced us in the church. Come on here, somebody. 
come on here somebody but God is calling us to say everybody say a clean life come on I gotta keep going Matthew 12 Matthew 12 let's go to Matthew 12 I gotta keep working God has called us to a clean life Matthew 12 what was awesome about Job Job was wealthy and blameless when he says, have you considered, when God talks to the enemy, Satan, and say, have you considered my servant Job? It said, and Job was wealthy, rich, but he was blameless. He didn't just have money, cattle. He was wealthy, but he lived for God. Come on, man. Don't let nobody seduce you in this day and time. Some of us have more access to money. Some of us got stocks and funds and retirement. Some of us know what we're doing with our money, and that's good. That scripture is well. Come on, somebody. But don't you allow that enemy to make you get full of pride because your money is good. Because there's times money can't pay for a hurt soul. There's times, come on, somebody. There's times money can't pay for peace of mind. Don't you trade in. See, there are people praying for peace right now. They got money, but they ain't got no peace. Matthew 12, 43 here. This is why, this is what happens when unclean spirits comes out. I got to teach you the whole thing today. Hold with me. You are strong enough to handle this. Tell yourself I'm strong enough to handle this. Come on. Come on. We got to grow in the strength of of the meat of God's word. Milk is okay. Milk is the basic stuff when we just talk about Jesus love you. And most of the church is on milk. They dance every Sunday off of Jesus love you. And that is true, but that's the milk. It's the basics. Come on. What will happen if you fed your child milk every day? Their teeth would not even develop right. Their bones wouldn't even develop. You can't just drink milk. Sooner or later, you got to move on to other products and vitamins where you got proteins and the nutrients in there So, because your body demand more. I don't know about you, but what I'm facing, my life demands a word that has some meat to it. What I'm facing, what I'm trying to do for God, it demands that I have more than some cereal on a Sunday morning. I need more than just some little warmed up oatmeal. I need something that needs teeth to bite and I need to take my time and chew that thing. Matthew 12, 43 and 45. Hallelujah. I'm going to teach about what happens with these unclean spirits. Matthew 12, 43 and 45. Follow, follow me there. It says, when an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, I'm connected to the fact that Jesus cast it out of this man. When the unclean spirit is going out of a man, he walketh through dry places. Notice it says dry places. So the unclean spirit is roaming around in a dry place, seeking rest and findeth none. So you got to understand the demon is tormented when he doesn't have your body. When he can no longer have a body in which it functions in, that's when the devil is tormented. As long as the devil has a body, he's fine. As long as he can operate through somebody's life, he's fine. But the moment that unclean spirit is cast out, it's looking for somebody available. Looking for somebody with an open door. Looking for somebody interested in living a sinful life. Looking for somebody who won't submit to the word of God. And these unclean spirit walketh or seeketh rest. They're tormented and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return 
into my house now notice the bonus of a spirit that once had you a spirit that once had you has put his claim and his address on your house your body he has decided that you gonna serve him the rest of his days and although you you got him cast out he still came making claim over you you got to understand everything you defeated won't you back everything you want in the past season won't you back that enemy ain't satisfied that you kick him out he claimed you he said i'm coming back to joe you know why he go why he want to go back to where he come from because he knows there's an easier proclivity and easier chance of getting back where he come from because because there's something about that person that attracted it in the first place and if that person hadn't changed its ways he knows that there's something about that person that allows something in it and i'll go back to what before i find a new one i'll go back to the one i came from Say I'll return, listen to the nerve of the unclean spirit. Say I'll return to my house from whence I came out and when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. He come back, he find it empty. He said, oh, they cleaned up after me. I showed me the mess. I brought confusion in, they done cleaned it up. He said, oh, they swept it up too. He said, but I see the problem here. It's empty. It's empty. It's clean, because it was got, but it's empty. He, saw, he says, there's not a guard man here in the house. Nobody's taking ownership of this house. It's just an empty, available house. He said, I'm out of him, but he's empty. He said, but this is what I'm going to do this time to secure my footing. He said, then it goeth he and taketh himself with seven other spirits. More wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first state. Because the spirit, the unclean spirit says, I'm going to make sure I say this time. They don't put me out of my house. I told you these unclean spirits are rebellious. Never want you to grow. Never want you to mature. Never want you to overcome. Never want you to forgive. Never want you to live a clean life. These things are persistent. It'll follow you through all your ages. Unclean spirits will follow you from 15 all the way to 50. They are persistent. They don't care if you don't address them. See what? Unclean spirits allow you to get new jobs as long as you don't address it. Unclean spirits allow you to get married as long as you don't address it. See, unclean spirits will let you prosper but keep on messing up your life and you got to come into your being with God to say I'm not going to allow no unclean spirit to live in my house. You got to be saying I ain't going to let no spirit that used to have me, have me anymore. Because I'm telling the devil you defeated last year will come back and knock on your door. Come back and knock on your door. I want you to see that. That even after you have dealt with certain things, if you are empty, that thing comes back. Follow me to Acts 19. This is why it's important for every believer to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if your house is clean, but you are empty, you don't have a guarded man guarding your house. 
if you if you have a clean but empty spirit your god jesus is wiped it clean he's cast out the spirits but you're still empty you got morals but you have no spirit to fight it you know the word but you have no spirit to come in alignment with the word this is where the holy ghost is necessary for a, a for a believer to have the victory in their lives come on the holy ghost makes a difference in our lives can i testify real quick the only way i'm still here today is not because i didn't have a battle it's not because i didn't have a struggle the reason i'm here today is because i have the holy ghost and because i have the holy ghost I was able to win my battle. I was able to fight this thing that was fighting me. It ain't because I'm just a preacher. Y'all just think because I'm a preacher I had no battle. The devil came even harder when I decided I was going to answer my call. He came even stronger when I decided. See, y'all think that the devil goes somewhere on vacation and going to leave you alone. And that's why some of y'all now having victory because you're expecting the devil to leave you alone. You got to understand if you're going to have the victory that belongs to you, the fight is on. If you want to fight me, guess what? I want to fight you. Y'all pray for me on that one. I felt a little city hoodie show me on that one. Pray for me on that one. Grew up in the city and sometimes you hear about rumors that somebody wanted to fight you. And you don't want to fight nobody, but sooner or later you get tired of running and dodging from somebody that's going to sneak up on you and hit you in the back of your head when you ain't looking. But since you want to fight me, I'm going to turn about face and say, hit me with your best shot, but I'm coming at you with the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. You're not going to keep threatening my existence. Y'all got to pray for me. I'm delivered, but there's some boldness that God left in me that I got from that city I grew up in. Y'all got to pray for me. There's a boldness that I still use for the spirit. I'm saved now. I tell the devil, I'll meet you halfway. Don't play with me now. Don't mess with my stuff. I tell him all the time, don't mess with my kids. Don't mess with my wife. Don't mess with my people I love. Don't touch my stuff now. You better go on down the street to somebody who don't care. But if you're looking for a loss, this is how I talk. This is how I talk. If you're looking for a loss, come on over here. I ain't running from you. I got this word. I got the Holy Ghost and the blood. If you're looking for a butt cut, I got something for you. Come on over here. See, until you get that type of authority in your life, like Jesus had authority, devil's going to sit right in your life, sit right in your mind till you get authority to put that thing out. Believers need the Holy Ghost. Acts 19, come on. Believers need the Holy Ghost. I'm a teacher here, right? Acts 19, watch this. Acts 19, verse 1. It said a group of Jews was traveling from, no, 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 the verse one, verse one, that's verse 13. Let me get you verse one. Thank you. It's on the screen. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. So Paul came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. So he got to Ephesus and found some disciples there. What that means is somebody had preached the gospel before he got there. And when he got there, he found some disciples. And he said unto them, they were disciples. Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Since one of the problems we have in the church is preachers don't teach the doctrine right. You 
believe on the name first and then the Holy Ghost is another encounter and experience with Jesus you confess that you a sinner but that don't mean you feel with the Holy Spirit now the Holy Spirit is at work because the Bible says no man can come to him except the Father draw him so the Holy Spirit is at work but you ain't feel yet the Holy Ghost since you believe so they already believed but they don't have the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost they said unto him Paul we have not so much as her whether they be any Holy Ghost what's the Holy Ghost we ain't even heard about it. Ain't nobody taught us about the Holy Ghost. See, one of our problems in the church, we think the Holy Ghost is a dance and a shout. You can dance and shout without the Holy Ghost. You know God is good. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You don't need the Holy Ghost for that. But when you need to live right, you're going to need the Holy Ghost. When you need to walk in the Spirit, you need the Holy Ghost. You don't need the Holy Ghost just to be praising God. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord that's what's wrong with some folks in church they wait for the Holy Ghost to hit them to praise God we've been in praise and worship for 25 minutes singing Lord you're wonderful love you're awesome and they sitting there all there waiting for the Holy Ghost to hit them and then four times a year they have a real experience and everybody got to hold them down five ushers and the deacon can't even hold them still because they didn't worship when everybody finally the Holy Ghost hit them and it's like what's that now, what's that because you can worship freely just based on your cognitive knowing that God is good. Right? You, you don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost to so praise the Lord. They say we, didn't have, we don't even know about no Holy Ghost. He said you don't know about the Holy Ghost. He began to teach them about the Holy Ghost and he said unto them what then were ye baptized? And they said unto him John's baptism. They didn't say John baptized us. What this is, these are people who have become disciples from disciples of John. John's disciples learned how John baptized unto repentance. John was baptized unto repentance, preparing people for Jesus. What has happened here is there are people who has kept up with what God first did. What he first did is prepare people for repentance, but that's not all he did. Because John the Baptist said, I baptize you unto repentance, but there cometh one after me who is mightier than I, whose shoes I cannot unloose, and he shall, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. And, and if you got Jesus, then he can baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. They got stuck on the first part of what John was teaching and they just kept carrying it on. Baptizing under repentance. Paul comes and says, that's what happened to you. Okay, I understand. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. After him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Verse 5. Thank you, ma'am. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they got baptized now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this is the baptism of water. So now they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, all right? Because now they understand the gospel and they understand that Jesus is the Messiah. And when, and listen here, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, 
the Holy Ghost came on them. See, now they are, see, see, there are certain things the Holy Ghost can't do till you get the word right in you. Notice that the Holy Ghost came on them after now that they understand the word. Sometimes people cannot receive the Holy Ghost because they don't understand the word. They don't understand what Jesus has come to do. But now they understand Jesus come and die for their sins and now they are a candidate for being filled with the Holy Ghost. We've also taught, and many churches have taught it wrong, not every church, but some churches have taught that baptism saves you. That is not the truth. Baptism does save you. I don't care if you went in the water twice at age 5 and at 20. Baptism in water do not save you. If you went in there went in there as a wet devil, cold devil, a dry devil, you come out as a wet devil. Baptism is for those who have already confessed to Jesus Christ and has accepted his blood. Then you are baptized. So it is saved people who get baptized. You don't get baptized to be saved. That's why we don't have to fuss about what name you got baptized in, Father, Son, or the Holy Ghost, or in Jesus' name, come out of that too. You don't have to fuss about it because neither one of the baptisms saved you. The baptism of water is the identity of the Christian to say, I belong to the body of Christ. That's the identity of being baptized. I belong to the body of Christ because baptism in itself do not save you. It's the thing you're supposed to and should do because you are saved. You don't do it to be saved. But people have taught people that and they went in the water to be saved and came out no different. When they laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And look, look when the Holy Ghost comes. See, you ain't got to worry about if you got a Holy Ghost or not. When you have the Holy Ghost, you're going to have a manifestation of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost come upon you, you and come in you, you're going to have a manifestation of the Spirit. The Holy Ghost came and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. It manifests things of the Spirit. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you will know it too. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit will start working through you, speaking through you. Come on. And it was about, all the men were about 12 men that got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to tell you, it's hard to rebuke unclean spirits without the Holy Ghost. How you expect to win unclean spirits when you don't have the Holy Ghost? So being filled with the Holy Ghost is necessary for the believer. Let's read some again. Let me show you some things here in this scripture. And when he went to synagogue, he spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading things concerning the kingdom of God. So now Paul has went to the temple teaching everybody for three months. But when many of them were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that before the multitude, he departed from them. So as he's teaching and preaching, there's some saying, I don't believe in that. You know, I don't believe in that. He's preaching and teaching. He's supporting the word. I don't believe in that. So he departed from them because there was division. He said, God's not the other division. We try, uh, division. We tried to come to agreement. Y'all don't believe the word. So he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. So what is happening, those who really believe in the word of God, what Paul is preaching, they follow Paul. And the rest of them stayed fussing about stuff that God wasn't doing. There comes a time that you got to leave stuff that just ain't working. I said, you got to leave stuff that just can't, ain't working. You got to leave stuff that just ain't producing the fruit of God. And this continued by the space of two years so that all that which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, Jesus Christ, both Jews and Greeks. Keep going. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Mm -hmm, keep going. 
and so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them so I want you to understand that not in all cases but I want you to know in some cases unclean spirits also bring disease not in all cases but in some cases you better be careful when the when the when the enemy is attacking you with the spirit of infirmity Meaning you can't get a break. Every time you look up, the enemy is attacking your body. If it ain't one thing, it's another. It seems like you got 10 to 12 issues going on with your body. If I was you, I'll get in prayer with God. If you got that many, I know sometimes this human body fail us. That's, that happens. So, but if you got a number of things happening where the enemy has oppressed you with infirmity and you can barely get to work, you can barely get out of bed, you better get in the spirit because many times an unclean spirit will bring infirmities uh, that you can't function uh, you can't get out of bed uh, you can't go to work you can't dress yourself uh, you must just basically lay in there dying you better get in the spirit then certain vagabond jews exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits so these are jews who were trying to go about making a name for themselves trying to show people that it was big and bad casting out spirits all right they took upon the call over them which had evil spirits in the name of the lord jesus saying we adjure you by jesus whom paul preacheth they had no relationship with jesus but they wanted to take authority over unclean spirits because they heard paul was casting out unclean spirits these are wannabe people who don't have no authority. These are wannabe people that who don't submit to the gospel but want the fame and the recognition. All right, this is what this is. And there were seven sons, one of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did also. Which did so. And the evil spirit answered. They tried to cast out the evil spirit. And I told you all these evil spirits talk. Evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are ye? Meaning you ain't spent no time with the Lord. You ain't converted. You don't have no authority to be casting out no unclean spirits. And the devil know who's living right. I said the devil know. You may not know who's living right. But the devil know who's got the authority of Jesus. The devil know who he can't mess with. The devil know who he can't bother with. Devil know. Say Paul I know. Jesus I know because we done lost a few imps to them we done lost a few battles to them Paul I know Jesus I know but who are you and the man in whom the evil spirit was leap on them now you ain't got to be afraid I ain't afraid but if you're trying to do something you ain't got no authority to do trying to show out somewhere go somewhere and sit down and live right that spirit leaped on them, overcame them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. That demon spirit beat the pants off them. Beat their clothes. They couldn't get on. That spirit was trying to grab them because they're trying to show off that they got authority. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. So it spread. Oh my God, they try to cast out a, it's a big thing in the community. I know about them seven, seven boys trying to cast out the devil. Woo, they got beat. It spread all the dwelling of Ephesus and fear fell on all in the name of the Lord. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. People got to say, oh my God, Jesus magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Because of this demonstration, 
that 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 uh, uh, this demonstration, many people start to recognize that the power of Jesus would prevail. Many of them also, which use curious arts, brought their books together, burned them before all men. See what happens? This demonstration manifested that some of them were in cahoots with unclean spirits. Because they were living their lives off of tarot cards. Living their lives, feeling in trouble and going to the root worker. Going to the psychic. Y'all about to get out of here. Going to the psychic. Getting, getting discouraged. And going to mediums. And going to people who are mediums. And people who are not living for God. They start entertaining all this wickedness. And when God made an open display of this unclean spirit, they came with their books. See, many times unclean spirits have their hold on you through artifacts. So sometime to get delivered, you got to clean out your dresser. You got to clean out what's under the bed. You got to clean out what's in your, 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 your phone history. You got to clean out the videos for the spirits to not have access to you. You got to clean out the secret life. See, see, no one knew that they had, but there's a secret life that the devil manipulate the secret life that you have. The life that nobody can see. The devil will manipulate you. Keep your victory down. Keep you discouraged because you got a secret life. They had books. All these books. And that's why when you got to live holy, you got to clean up natural stuff. See, people want to talk about change with God with no change naturally. With no change. No, you got to change some stuff in your life to so these unclean spirits don't have access to you anymore. Because as long as you come to church and got them books, got that unclean subscription that nobody know about, that separate email address. You ain't got to tell me nothing. I've been delivered from sin. You can't hide. A person that's been in sin can tell other people what sin like. secret stuff that nobody know about but that devil will play with your life with all these secrets and hidden stuff you're doing underhandedly they had to come to come forward with things that was holding them victory some of us got stuff we just need to clean up we just need to go home take the garbage can and start throwing away some stuff you ain't never gonna get free we're holding on to them old pictures of your ex let your ex go get the pictures and throw them away well we had good memories this is when we went to Jamaica it's over I said it's over you got to clean up your phone you got to see this is the thing we don't want to teach nobody that you got to stop giving the devil access because next thing you know you're over there going down memory lane You gotta clean that stuff up. Stop giving that devil access to who God trying to do in your life. He'll keep you in circles all your life. That's why I have to preach. Let me say this. And I've said this before and I still preach it to us. That's why don't get, don't get all caught up in what month you was born in. Don't get caught up in that. Some of y'all can't get married because you're too busy looking for somebody born in September. 
because somebody told you you only match up with Virgos. Your Monday horoscope told and you all messed up. And every time God keeps sending you somebody born and they are Gemini, you keep rejecting that that's the hand of God because you got this unclean spirit speaking to your mind. Christian believers, we don't get caught up in no horoscopes. We got the book of prophecy right here. We hold the book right here in our hands. See, they had to clean up their natural house. You got to see that. No, see, many times you don't even understand. You have to clean up your natural house. No, your natural house. Your natural house. Get that broom, get that Lysol, and start cleaning up your natural house. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, go home, get the vacuum out, and say, I'm going to live holy. I'm going to please God. And watch how the atmosphere change. See, we think, we think spiritual stuff have no natural connection. They had all these tarot cards, Ouija boards, and stuff special lucky foots rabbit foot my lucky necklace that I'm gonna wear to my interview and I'm gonna put it out so they can see it and when I when they see my lucky necklace they gonna have no other choice but you better get out of here with all this luck and this charm and this this witchy stuff you behaving like witches God got Christian folks behaving like witches calling it faith their life was bound to all these books but because of this exposure of these seven sons of Sceva they come out there and now their deeds are revealed because they recognize that they're in cahoots with these unclean spirits and they are believers and so sometimes as a believer you find out as you walk with the Lord there are things you got to give up oh yeah find out some things you got to give up I always talk about it all the time the things I had to give up because they're real stories for me that devil had a real hold on me through that R&B music I'm gonna keep saying it to some of y'all get it you can't keep listening to this bump and grind stuff and think you ain't gonna be bumping and grinding I mean, I understand. It's like you can't come to the table and eat all these calories and not get fat. It's going to happen. No, it's going to be inevitable. It's going to be inevitable. God got the only Christian people I know that think they can play around with fire and not get burned. I don't even understand it. And I'm talking about this vulgar R&B. Not the stuff that just talk about the beautiful love between a man and a woman. You know, baby, it's so pretty. I appreciate you. As soon as I get home from work, I'll pay your rent and all that kind of stuff. I mean, not... You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about that vulgar stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And come, some of us Christians, we get in our cars and we have no discernment what we listen to and wonder why we all over the place because we got that wrong vulgar music always in our ears saying all kind of stuff. 
Many of them also which use curious arts brought their books together and they burned them. See, until you're ready to get rid of it, it's going to have access to your life. You got to give that stuff up. You got to clean that stuff up in your life. You got to clean that stuff up. See, I know what I'm talking about. I'm trying to help somebody. And many of us don't get rid of it for this reason. They counted the price of them. Some stuff we don't get rid of because it has value. Not sentimental value, not emotional value, money value. And certain things are not, certain things depending on what it is, is not even worth selling to other people. Certain things are not worth it. Certain things you make and sell and get some money. But the Bible says they, they gave up stuff that had monetary value. Some of us don't give up stuff holding us because it has a price. How much you pray? Certain things people gave you. Let me talk. I hear the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all in relationships with people because of what they gave you. And you need to go home and give it back to them. Because as long as they you have it, they got access to you. As long as you have it, you feel they feel like you owe them something. You feel, and you feel like you owe them something because of some things you just need to give it on back. And they're going to say, no, you don't have to give it back. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. It's coming in the mail whether you like it or not. I'm putting on your porch whether you like it or not. You ain't got to do nothing with it, but I'm getting rid of it. And some things you got to give back to people so they'll know I no longer identify with you like we used to be identified. You have to give it back to them so they know. I don't identify with you based on where we once were. I'm not in that anymore. I'm not into that anymore. I'm getting this stuff out of here and you can have it. I don't want it anymore. No, you don't. And, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling you how to watch out for the spirit of negotiation. When it's time to clean up stuff, that devil gets so clever, he can negotiate. Oh, come on, just keep it. You share it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and y'all, you, I'll have it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, nope, I'm not having it. No day, we not splitting no coverage. And then it says, so the word of God grew mightily. Watch what happened. The word of God began to grow. Because people begin to clean up their lives. If you want to stop struggling, you got to give up some stuff. You got to clean up some stuff. I know y'all laugh at me when I went in the garbage can to get my R&B CDs. Yeah, I eventually went and put it back in there. Those who know the story, I done told a few times. I know y'all laugh at me. But that was a real stuff. I had a whole bunch of R&B CDs. I had hundreds of CDs. I had all of them. And, I, and that's why I went and got it the first time out the garbage can. Because I knew the value of price tag to that stuff. And I had some of that old good stuff too that you can't hardly find and stuff like that. And then I started thinking about, shoot, they moving away from CDs. I'm going to have these CDs forever. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But I had to give it all up for my freedom. Because as long as I had it, the devil kept bothering me and pestering me. And the word of God knew mildly. Y'all come on, say I can handle some more. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Tell somebody you got to give some things up. Let me go here. I'm getting close to it. First Corinthians 5. First Corinthians 5. I'm about to challenge you some more. First Corinthians 5. Hold tight. Hold tight. I got to help you get through this struggle. I got to help you get through this struggle. 1 Corinthians 5, I'm going to start reading. It said, it was reported commonly that there is fornication. 
Now we studied this early in the year that fornication just don't mean sex between a man and a woman. It means any type of immoral sexual conduct. All right? So fornication among you and such fornication or a type of fornication as it is not so much as named among the Gentiles. So now Paul is talking to the church in Corinthians. And one of the aspects of Corinthian church, they were a group of lustful Christians. Oh, the Corinthian church had a problem in Corinth because some of the goddess and idols they worship also led them into some of their uh, promiscuous situations because the idolatry they had came out of. He said, even Gentiles don't act like this. That one shall have his father's wife. So it's reported that somebody was in a situation with their stepmother. And ye are puffed up. He said, you're in a situation and you are, have arrogance about it. No remorse, no, no conviction about it. In an immoral situation, no conviction. You are puffed up and have not rather mourned. That, ye, that he that have done this deed might be taken away from you. He says, so those of you who know about the situation, yo, yo, the way you deal with the situation is that you ain't even convicted by it. What am I trying to say? I'm talking about believers knowing other believers' secrets. I'm talking about believers knowing other believers' sin and having no conviction towards the sin in their brother's or sister's life. For verily, I, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have judged already. He's writing a letter. I'm not there with you physically, but in the spirit, I can feel what God's telling me to do. He says, as though I was present concerning him that have so done this deed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Let me help you understand what he's saying because this is the part that we choke on. Paul is saying, you know what's going on. Y'all not convicted by it. You have no burden for this sin about this thing going on. He says, but you should be meeting and addressing this brother or sister, this brother here. He says, because this is not good, but you should be putting him out so that God can deal with him. Because he, if he won't change, we got to do something about it. Uh, this is where the church of Jesus Christ gets problem in. Your glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump it's just like a spoiled apple gonna rot in the rest of the bunch this is what he's trying to say he said we got see we think we don't have to deal with spoiled apples I remember one time we had a bunch of fruit and I saw a little spoiled apple on that and I ignored it I was like oh well I'll get to that later came back a day or two the rest of the apples had taken on what that one apple was dealing with See, if you don't separate the thing that needs to be cleansed and get that thing cleansed, it affects everybody else. It said, purge out this Bible, purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. It said, get rid of all the things that are unholy, so you may be purified. For even Christ, our Passover, is a sacrifice for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Unleavened bread is purified bread. I 
wrote to you in an epistle, watch this, not to company with fornicators. All right, listen, yet not altogether, listen, with the fornicators of this world or with covetousness or extortioners or with idolaters, then must ye needs go out of the world. Let me explain. He says, I'm not talking about everybody in the world. He said, I'm not saying not to be with company with those fornicators of the world. If that's the case, I'll have to take you out of the world. Can you go back to the previous verse? I want to make sure we get this and we understand. He says, not yet, not altogether with the fornicators of this world. So he says, I'm not trying to take you out of the world. That's not what I'm dealing with here. We know that the world going to be the world, right? He says, he says, but because if that's the case, we will have to take you out of the world. Next verse. Thank you. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, covetousness, or an idolater, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner with such a one. No, not to eat. This is where we are challenged as Christians because some of our best friends are bold sinners. This is where we're challenged because some of our best friends can become bold sinners. And we don't know what to do when our friend is sinning. And what we end up doing is not obeying the word. The Bible says you're supposed to confront that brother who's in sin one to one. And if they repent, you got a brother. If they confess, they got a brother. But if not, you're supposed to move it to the next place. This is where the church struggles and why we can't deal and get sin under control in the church. Because everybody knows everybody's business, but nobody is behaving like Bible. This is the stuff we don't want to teach. And he says, no, we got to deal with this situation. He says, you're not even supposed to eat in fellowship. When it is commonly reported and it is known. And known. See, this is the aspect of being a believer where the church is weak. It don't mean that you don't love the person. As a matter of fact, you're doing it because you do love them. And you want to make sure that they're not getting comfortable in their sin. And, they, and they're moving towards decision making to get out of their sin. So you say, I'm going to withdraw. You don't want to live right right now. See, I don't live this kind of stuff. I had a best friend who introduced me to the gospel. He was a preacher before I was a preacher. We was on campus, preachers together, and then he decided, I ain't about to come to this campus and live holy. I ain't doing it, Joe. He said, Joe, I ain't doing it. Yeah, I ain't doing it, man. I'm God going to have to help me. And I had to make a decision. He was a close friend and I had to say man you're gonna have to do what you got to do because I can't we can't be together and we separated I said we separated because he was bent on doing what he was gonna do and I still loved him but I couldn't be with him I couldn't fellowship with him and this is where some of us are guilty as it relates to biblical understanding on how to deal with sin you pray for them you love them but you don't ignore that they're in sin because when you ignore you are complicit to what they're dealing with when you ignore you are complicit when you know and don't say anything you are complicit in the sin this is the word but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man I read it a brother that's a sister for what I have for what have I to do to judge them also that are without to my the world do ye not judge them that are within how are we gonna judge those who are out the world but we won't judge those within the world. 
This is the other place where the church is we. Because we don't judge nothing in the church. That's why people don't have respect for the church. Because we don't address nothing. And I ain't saying everything will be addressed over the pulpit. There's tact and there's ways to deal with people's situations. But sometimes churches don't deal with nothing. We just turn blind eyes to stuff. People be getting hurt and be getting crushed and all kind of stuff coming in. People come in with seducing spirits, doing all kind of stuff to people. And people just let it go for years. People being abused and manipulated in churches. Ain't nobody said nothing. Come on, the Catholic Church paid a high price for letting sin go on and on and on. And nobody rectified these situations. It says, but them that are without God, God judges so God gonna judge those but them that are without God but them that are without God judges outside God judges therefore put away them from among yourselves that wicked person that is the whole chapter and so this is how we address, address sin nobody should get comfortable in their sin in here if a brother and sister know that you ain't living right you're supposed to go to your brother and sister and say you can't keep doing this you can't keep doing this, sister. Come on, let's pray together. Let's fast together. Come on, let's believe God. That's how it's supposed to sound. Come on now. Come on, let's pray together. We got to get you out of this situation. We got to get your life better. Come on. We can't have you over into this situation. You got to stop this foolishness, man. You got to stop it. Come on, man. You can't keep doing this kind of stuff. And this is the area of responsibility where the church is lacking. Go to Psalms 51 and I'm ending here. Thank you. This is the area we got to grow in. This is where the church really lacks maturity. Surely even pastors never address certain things. And God is talking to me about he's going to start confronting these pastors who always want to preach inspirational messages and ignore stuff they know is going on. That they know is going on. Some do it because of money's sake. Because the person in sin gives a lot of money. And they don't know how the church gonna function without that sinner who's giving so much. But sometimes you just gotta trust God. Rebuke that sinner, hope they be converted. If they don't be converted, then you have to deal without them. Sit them down for a second. Have them in a prayer meeting. I mean, whatever they will allow you to do. You can't force nobody to change either. Can't force nobody to change. So don't think this is a force. Can't force nobody to change. All you can do is present the gospel, present the love to somebody, and if they accept it, you gain the brother. All right? And I'll say this while I'm here. Everything don't need to be told to the church at large. Come on now, we got to get rid of that old school church that brought everybody up before everybody on a Sunday morning and told everybody business on what is going on. That is just so unskillful and so untactful on how to handle somebody dealing with a situation. If that's the case, we'll never preach the gospel because all y'all be confessing sometime throughout this journey about something that doesn't happen. Because things are done that way are only done to embarrass people. And God ain't doing this to embarrass. You have to confront, but it's not for the sake of embarrassing people. It's a whole nother heart. When you had a heart just to embarrass people, you already wrong in the first place. That's why certain people can't even be trusted in authority because they don't love people right. They don't really care for nobody right. You bet they bet not find nobody in the wrong. They, gonna, they can't wait to tell it. Then who in their right mind love God want to tell somebody's business when they're in the wrong and want to tell everybody what somebody is into? What's, what, what kind of spirit of mind is that that you want to just gossip about somebody? That's crazy. It ain't the Holy Ghost. Now I told you about struggling. Let me tell you how to get out. So let's get out of here. We got to get out of here. 
we got to get out of these situations of struggling here it is David Psalm 51 this is a wonderful text of a man changing his mind about his sin if you know about anything about David's sin he saw Bathsheba taking a bath unclothed he was supposed to be going to war and he saw her taking a bath and he saw her to be desired and he made ways to be with her he even put her husband on the front line Uriah so that he can be killed so he can have access to this woman because he had already gotten her pregnant he has already slept with her so now he's trying to cover up what he's done let me tell you something about sin if you don't repent and get out of sin sin will make you work hard David found himself in more sin because he would not repent he start, now, now he got uh, murder on his hand because he got to cover up what he done he got conspiracy on his hand because he's trying to cover things up if you don't get out of sin you're going to become the master manipulator if you don't get out of sin you're going to be making it look like you was one place when you were nowhere there you're going to be a great liar lying come with covering up sin it ain't no way you can stay in sin without lying you're going to be lying to cover up that's why I say sin is a slippery slope it is slippery that's why I had to get out of it as soon as possible because sin will start making you pay all kind of prices it'll make you prices you never intended to pay you get there and say I'm going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that do you know how many people today are addicted to a substance abuse off of just trying one hit of something one time, two times and you know how long it took them to get off that thing while they call themselves having fun or whatever it is and tried something some of them had lost their families, lost their jobs and the devil will take more than you plan to give if you keep playing with the devil he'll take more than you ever wanted to even play around with you next you know you'll be battling for the sanity of your mind see why you playing with the devil he ain't playing with you Psalm 51 thank you he says this is how your heart should sound when you coming out of sin David was stuck in sin when I say he was stuck he was stuck uh, let me before I get here to Psalm 51 uh, the prophet Samuel had to come to him to get him unstuck in sin. Let me tell you, sometimes you can be so stuck in sin, it takes a real push to get you out of there. David was so stuck in that thing, he'd even lost the child as a result of his sin. He lost the child. The child they had with Bathsheba lost it. God punished him for his sin. He fasted and prayed toward God, and God said, No. He says, It's either that child's life or it's your life. That's what God said. God said, I will take your life. He said, but that child's going to die. Let me tell y'all something. Sin costs. And if you're not careful, parents, the, your, your wages of sin can get passed on to your children. If you keep tipping and towing around sin, next thing you know, the sins that you're doing, it'll pass off on your children. The child had to pay a price for David's sin. Samuel comes to him and have to give him a little story, a riddle, a parable about a lamb. And Naaman came to him, the prophet, thank you. Naaman, he came to him and he said, look. And what if this man had, uh, one man had all these sheep and one man only had one little bit of ewe sheep. And the man with all these sheep went and took that one little ewe sheep he had. David and his boldness said, what? How dare he take that one little ewe sheep? He said, I'll kill him. Then, then the prophet said, you are the man. 
You the one that done this. You the one that did this type of sin. You the one that took Bathsheba, the prized possession of Uriah. You got all this stuff and you still wasn't satisfied. See, sin ain't satisfied. I'm just doing this one more time. That's how sin talk. Just one more time. And all that, you've been living in one more time for 10 years. One more time. Psalm 51, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. When you come and clean, you got to understand God has mercy. Everybody say, God has mercy. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Wash me thoroughly. I don't want to be identified with what I was once in. Wash me thoroughly. I won't don't be no lookalike. I want people to ever think I was there. Wash me so clean that I look brand new. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is there before me. Let me pause. This is the door of breakthrough. Until you can admit that you've been doing it, you can't get the breakthrough. Because many times when people are confronted about their wrongdoing, they make excuses on why they did it, why it had to happen. And they still use excuses. I'm only human. We know you're human. Nobody asked about if you were human. We asked you, are you a human sinning? acknowledging wrongdoing that's a big thing because sometimes pride will lock you in that you don't want to admit rebellion for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against the only have I sinned see he's clearing it up he says I, I offended you it's against you Lord I, I, I've done wrong by you he's owning up to his wrongdoing he's owning up what he haven't done right against the only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight in other words, God, you saw all of it. I don't know about you, but that's why when you caught by God, you might as well just go ahead and confess because God sees everything. Yeah. That thou might as be justified when thou speak and be clear when thou judges. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, which is I'm a human, I'm born in this sin. And this sin that my mother conceived me, I'm a human. Things happen. That's what he's trying to say. He said, but behold, thou desire truth in the inward parts. See, the, in part, the inside of you got to start coming clean inward parts and in thy hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom purge me with hyssop hyssop is a bitter experience purge me sometime the first part he said go back to verse 6 I think it's verse 6 go back to verse 6 uh -huh. verse 5 uh -huh. verse 4 then he said wash me where's the wash me 3 where is it where is it it's after Where's the wash me? Two. Go to verse two. Thank you. Wash me. Certain things can get clean from a simple wash. Certain things, all it takes is a little washing. A little washing, you're back to it. Other things take purging. Because it's embedded in you. Some things are just surface. But other things you have to labor a little bit for. Certain things have to be purged out of you. There are certain things, certain things are embedded in your personality and you're going to have to work through this thing every day until God changes thing in you. So everything is not about a wash. Certain things is about a purge. Purge me with his, this thing has become a part of me. Purge me with his and I shall be clean. Then he says, wash me. And I shall be watered. So many times after the purging, then there's another rinse where he, he washes you. I want you to understand that sometimes it takes a process for you to get fully delivered. 
when you've been in stuff for a long time actually your whole mind and emotions are accustomed just like when people been on substance abuse what happens and when, when they get into uh, get going clean the first thing they go through is called withdrawal their body begins to say what are you doing you normally have done XYZ by 8 in the morning it is now noon and you haven't fed me what you normally give me the body goes through shakes and nervousness and withdrawals and some of y'all be in your deliverance process and time you start going through withdrawal from the thing God is delivering you from you go back to the thing that your mind and your body is craving and that's a sign you need to be purged Cause you'll start going through withdrawal shakes and sweats you can't live without this thing i gotta have this thing to function pain purging with his life shall be clean watch me i shall be whiter than snow i think i'm going to verse 13 i'll be done make me to hear joy god was starting to discipline him he was disciplining david he said god david was like i got to get out of discipline with you I got to get out of this chastisement with you. Make me to hear joy and gladness that my bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. God was disciplining him. Let me tell y'all something. The Bible says God chastised those he loved. So I'm going to say this to you. If you have been in sin over and over and you ain't got chastised yet, I will be afraid. At least you start getting some warning, some chastisement. That's one of the ways God says he loves you. And if you ain't got, I mean, I mean, my God, if you just been getting away, you ought to ask for a spanking. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying? Because the spanking will confirm that he loves you. Because if he stops spanking you, it may mean he's turned you over to a reprobate mind. It may mean that he's turned you over to a reprobate spirit. It may, this is coming up. He's about to talk about this. He says, God, spank me if you have to. Chastise me if you have to. Because that's a sign that you love me. Because the moment you stop talking to me, the moment you stop convicting me, if you say you sin and you don't ever feel no conviction, dangerous zone when you can just sin and never commit it you in a danger zone oh that's scary there that, that's scary there when you ain't convicted you sin and sin and come to church there ain't like nothing ever amen even 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 in the days i remember growing up when we wouldn't sin we hide from the saints I grew up in a church where people live holy and the saints, I don't know what they saw. I don't know if they saw it in your smile. I don't know what they saw it in, but I grew with some people that come over here, hey, can I pray for you? I've been thinking about you all week. You were like, yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but they did it out of love. Come on, to bring you out of that situation. Come on, I don't have somebody whispering to me, God done told me a little something about you. And I'm praying about it. God's gonna deliver you. God's gonna set you free. God's gonna help you. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I done been there where they'll bring godly fear back on your heart. Come on, somebody. I want God to warn me. Don't let me get caught up in this foolishness. Don't let my sins overtake me. Don't let my crazy self just go out on a limb. Grab me, God. Talk to me before I do the wrong thing. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Stand on your feet, I'm about to pray. Create in me a clean heart. If you're going to have a clean life, you got to have a clean heart. God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship. 
every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. Or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you, and join us again.